My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary centered on facts, evidence, and data. For the new viewers in the audience, the Christopher Peter Review markets original podcasts discussing salient current events, focusing on ones that impact our public policy, national economic outcomes, and overall society. I thank you in advance for your viewership. In this episode, we are going to discuss how society can do a better job of addressing problems that are a direct result of people's choices, behaviors, and attitudes. As a society, this is an area we struggle to address. We tend to deflect responsibility or shift blame away from the individual best suited to have prevented the problem in the first place. So, without any further delay, let us begin this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review. Why does America struggle with problems that are a direct result of a person's individual actions, choices, or flawed value system? Why do we consistently come up short when we try to find solutions that encourage better outcomes, mitigate risk, or help people maximize their economic opportunities? My personal opinion is our society has an innate struggle with being able to be direct and honest with individual people. This is why I believe there is a push for adopting collectivism in our society. Our policymakers find it troubling to tell a person that he or she is the problem. He or she is the party causing their own pain or displeasure. He or she is the one that needs to change. Rather we socialize problems and blame society as a whole. The elephant in the room with our national debate on eliminating gun violence is that the simple fact that inanimate objects by themselves cannot end a person's life. Another person misusing that object is the cause of the person losing their life. That is an uncomfortable truth which many in our society find hard to accept. Well if that inanimate object being a firearm was not around, then that person would not be able to end the life of others. There is a level of truth to this. But, we all know that people have found other ways to perpetuate their violent crimes. Many people have lost their lives to stabbing, being pushed at train stations, choking, and a host of other violent crimes that are equally unacceptable as gun violence. Are we going to say that these forms of violence are somewhat more acceptable, or can we take the real broader view that violence is unacceptable? How do we deter violent people from committing violent crimes of any form? In some cases, there is sufficient evidence that homeowners with firearms can be the solution. Many people live in inadequately policed areas so self-defense measures are relevant. While there is a narrative that homeowners with guns may become victims of that gun, that is a distorted stat factoring in suicides, which is not an outward violent crime. We have somewhat evolved to understand that we need to increase access to mental health, affording people an avenue to address unresolved anger that could prove dangerous. But, there are still more challenges to truly make it as readily accessible as a primary care physician or dentist. Insurances should consider expanding their coverage of mental health providers. In this area, I believe we need to do more to address the people aspect or side of the problem. I do agree that gun control is necessary and that we need to do all we can to keep firearms from those who pose a threat to society. But we cannot ignore the facts, evidence, and data that show gun control is not completely effective. We need a broader solution. My name is Jennifer and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review. There is no easy solution on solving our problem with gun violence. The focus is on the tool used and not the person committing the crime. So, people believe that bans will deliver a safer America, despite the fact that many places with strong gun control laws experience higher level of gun violence than other areas. Also, our Constitution explicit affords Americans the right to bear arms. Obviously, most bans will infringe on that right and will fail in the face of judicial scrutiny. So, gun bans will not really be panacea that the left hopes it to be. For progressives, they should understand from our history that bans in America generally fail. The United States tried many times to implement bans on products deemed drugs. 
The infamous ban on alcohol did not last very long. Prohibition led to more crime and death. Just because something is illegal does not mean there will not be people in search of it and people willing to provide it. Hence the black market. There is black market for guns in many major cities like there are ones for illegal drugs. Now the left continues to try to normalize drug use. Yet, they will not acknowledge that more Americans die each year from drug overdoses than from gun violence. Almost double the number. Progressives support legalizing drugs, and then expect the government to stop them from dying with more clinics. Not the most logical or responsible approach. While I agree that people should have the freedom to make choices for themselves, they need to be able to bear the full cost and consequences of their actions. But if the push for gun control is about saving lives, then you would think they would support keeping and strengthening current drug bans in place and saving twice the number of lives. I agree there is a need to ensure people with bad intentions do not access guns, but law-abiding citizens should not suffer when non-law-abiding citizens ignore the bans. There are certain stigmas that go with working in certain professions. For instance, people who work in the corporate world are perceived to be in the pursuit of money. People working in healthcare are stereotyped to be caring for others. People working in academia are supposed to be thought leaders. People working for the federal or state government are perceived to be trustworthy, honest, and compassionate. Now, we know that the attributes assigned to people are not accurate. Many people work in healthcare because it is stable work in a growing field. Some people in academia are radicals unable to do anything with their lives besides teaching, which affords them an unchecked platform. People in business are not always greedy. And many people working in government or politics might not be as honest as we think they are. Other areas where we come up short is addressing corruption, whether in our markets or in the government. Our federal and state governments are not made up of people bred to lead our nation. Generally speaking because we do have our own political dynasties in the Bush and Kennedy families. But, our governments are made up of people who feel a calling towards public service. A calling to contribute to the government's role in solving the problems of society and fostering opportunity and growth. People also make up our corporations. People with callings or skills to bring goods and services to market that consumers, businesses, and other organizations desire and create new jobs to expand employment, generate wealth to help investors of all kinds grow their financial well-being. We sometimes feel like people in the government are inherently good and those in business are inherently greedy. For instance, outgoing Speaker Nancy Pelosi accused rail companies of being greedy and alluding to poor treatment of rail workers. But, Rail workers colluding together to reject a negotiated agreement are not accused of greed for demanding more. A negotiation involves both sides trying to maximize their position and outcomes. Workers will always want more time off, greater compensation, and enhanced benefits without any concern over the overall health of the organization. Companies seek to keep wage expenses low and cost of human capital minimal as many of the increases are not easily passed on to the customers or investors. In reality, Companies should realize well-compensated workers can be asked to do more and can be incentivized to grow the organization. Workers need to understand that compensation, benefits, and paid time off is an exchange for contributions to an organization. Employment is a relationship between an organization needing people to do certain tasks and workers needing compensation in exchange for performing certain tasks. If the relationship becomes unbalanced, then either side will seek a new equilibrium or seek an end to their arrangement. Also, the accusation of greed is an interesting aspect in our national discourse. We see many politicians accuse companies of being greedy. Especially when companies raise prices in the bad economic environments that these politicians create. Why do we not call our governments greedy when they raise taxes with little regard to the impact on the taxpayers or economy? Raise fees for services without any improvement in quality or turnaround. 
make it harder to attain the goods and services we need with poor public policy that creates market inefficiencies or adverse situations. For instance, we see the current administration blame gas prices on energy producers, but not come clean about the regulations and executive orders that made production more challenging and expensive. Why does the cost of the gas at the pump not come down immediately when the price of a barrel of oil declines? There is a lag in the production of gasoline and the drilling or purchase of crude oil. A three to six month window. The gas available at your gas station is filled with higher cost inventory, which is not going to be easily sold at a lower price, especially by an independent gas station chain. When there is an increase in the cost of a commodity, the cost rises immediately because retailers need to build a cushion to afford the supply. The narrative that prices at the pump is purposefully naive to the reality of operations and supply and demand. Meant to generate anger and hysteria to deflect from the people in power that created the conditions that increase the price of the commodity. The unfortunate and troubling nature of our politics is that the people in power will aim to control the narrative to control the emotions of the people. As you said earlier, people in politics tend to get unfairly associated with attributes of honesty and public service, but these narratives are largely based on half-truths and manipulated data. The level of inflation Americans experiencing is not acceptable. It eroded any trust that the Biden economic team is capable of handling the challenges of creating opportunity, growing wealth, and putting Americans back to work. Especially when they struggled mightily on every issue and challenge since coming into power. As expected, the communications team sought to shift the narrative on inflation to exploit other events, like the Russian invasion. There is no denying that invasion impacted the energy markets. But the executive orders enacted by this administration at the beginning of their term initiated the problem. Prices for gas and other essential products and services increased well before any Russian soldier reached the Ukrainian border. Over time our politics continues to devolve where accountability to the people and integrity in their duty no longer matters. We generally believe that politicians want to do good in our society. But maybe they are simply using their time in the office to secure book deals and other channels of influence to build their own prosperity. We need to be able to see the people for what they do, what they believe, and who they are rather than simply relying on their professions. People are not good or bad simply because of the type of work they do. Continuing with the stereotype placed on our government. There are many superficial buzzwords or bucket phrases used in our discussions that we do not question enough. For instance, the term regulation. Generally, regulation is actions by the federal or state governments done to ensure that our economic markets are free of corruption, fraud, or purposeful negligence by either malicious participants or naive providers. Some things are simply accidental. When the major events happen, why do we only focus on the private sector actors and not the regulators, when incidents occur in a regulated market? Why do we exclusively condemn companies for the negative externalities that their negligence creates, but give a pass to the governments who enact regulations that is supposed to prevent those negative externalities in the first place? There are many people who still hold negative views on traditional banks but still support the politicians that enacted the policies and regulations that caused the financial challenges we have faced. All the politicians are calling for accountability for the FTX debacle, yet they are not returning the campaign donations. All parties should be held accountable. As I stated many times, wrongdoers should be held accountable. But we also must acknowledge when regulation fails to protect society. There will be many excuses. But, human beings make mistakes. Sometimes those mistakes are getting too close with the subjects that you are meant to regulate. The Wall Street Journal reported that many regulators hold investments in areas that are under their purview, which can create questions on how well they are scrutinizing behaviors and identifying risks for the consumers, not just their own portfolios. Again, people doing bad things should be held accountable for their actions.
The people who veer too close for comfort should be accountable to the public for missing risks they are paid to mitigate. The interesting aspect of the whole FTX is how Democrats will not commit to returning any campaign donations received from the company. If they truly care about compensating the victims, then return the donations. If Republicans received money, they too should return funds. Many politicians and celebrities cozied up to FTX, yet the politicians are not being targeted by lawyers like the celebrities are. The push to restrict investing by members of Congress is a step in the right direction, but it should be expanded to regulators as well. If you invest in the markets under your purview, then your judgment can be compromised. I'm somewhat sympathetic towards the argument that the government is made up of people and they have the right to invest. An argument raised by outgoing Speaker Nancy Pelosi. But there are too many situations where politicians face scrutiny based on timing of stock trades. Restrictions on trade can help eliminate any appearance of a conflict of interest or corruption. I do think there needs to be some accountability for those who are tasked by society to mitigate risks in our markets when they clearly fail to protect society. Interestingly, when it comes to the private sector, there is a push to hold every individual accountable. When it involves government workers, there are walls of excuses and bureaucracy that provide cover and allow these individuals to fail again and again. If compliance people in a corporation are terminated when they clearly fail to safeguard the organization, regulators should receive some level of consequence when they fail to protect consumers, investors, and society. I believe we need people to start championing their success rather than seeking comfort in victimhood. Something I find very interesting and troubling is the growing trend of a complete lack of accountability in our society. There are many people who believe things just happen to them. Bad things just happen out of the blue. They are just unlucky. I guess. In reality, there are things in life that we can control. There are some things in life that happen outside of our control. But, sometimes we can influence outcomes by our actions, attitudes, and choices. We can discuss both scenarios. First let us start with things we cannot control. We do not control where we start off in life. But we play a great role in whether we stay there or not. Do we take advantage of opportunities to increase our earnings? Do we seek to enhance our skill sets to make us more attractive to potential employers? Do you make the choice to stay in school, pursue higher education, avoid crime, and live within your means? There are decisions we make each and every day that can help us elevate our situations. One aspect of residing in the northern New Jersey and New York City area is how much you experience the number of people who migrate to America with very little but find ways to achieve financial independence. Our culture of entitlement creates an atmosphere where many people expect the perfect situation before making any effort. Yet, people who migrate here seeking a better opportunity than what was available to them in their home nation understand the fact that nothing is promised. Everything is earned. A sentiment lost by many multi-generational Americans. We cannot control where we start in life. But you are lying to yourself if you do not believe that you can control where you go from there. It is easier for us to believe that something just happened rather than our inner Steve Urkel questioning whether we did that or not. Sometimes we do not want to be accountable or show accountability to avoid penalties or consequences if blame is not easily assigned. Generally, why take blame when there may not be a reason to? I get that aspect of it, but for many aspects of our lives, if you do not accept some accountability and responsibility for change, you will never see a different outcome. For instance, I recently watched part of a news show where the focus of the story was detailing how punitive the law can be for what the journalist felt was minor infractions. The angle of the story was to show how the cost and consequences were placed on two women convicted of child endangerment. 
But, the narrative downplayed the fact that one continually failed to comply with requirements set by the court to give her a chance of getting her child back and the other wants to work in a field where child endangerment cannot be tolerated at all. Bad decisions can have long-term consequences and sometimes it should even if the worst-case scenario did not happen. I understand the angle of trying to provide second chances, which I do support. But, I do think you need to earn second chances, especially when it is simply complying with requirements set forth. In some instances, there cannot be second chances because the risk of a repeat is too great. Sometimes society does need to ban people from working in certain industries. Showing people crying can make a powerful statement, but seeing the facts told the real story. I think people need to understand that the biggest factor in whether you will avoid trouble, realize your definition of success, or achieve your goals is the person staring back at you in the mirror. As a society, we need to stop selling victimhood to people and instead allow them to champion their own success through responsibility and accountability. The best asset you have to improve your economic, social, or personal situation is the person you see in the mirror. That person knows your needs, wants, and abilities. That person eventually will understand that it is their shoulders that will need to bear the brunt of the work to make sustainable change. We all need help at times, but help is not useful if the individual receiving the help does not make it long-lasting and grow from it. Otherwise, the help is simply shielding them from consequences and subsidizing bad choices, bad behaviors, and destructive attitudes. If we really want real change like better economic outcomes, safer communities, and greater unity, we need to understand it is the people that need to make it happen. For too long, politicians thought separating people from the consequences of their choices and actions was a good thing. It was good for their campaign so in their minds it was a good thing for all. As usual, these politicians did not fully grasp the scope of potential responses. If we socialize responsibility, people are going to respond outwardly when their choices, actions, and attitudes fail to lead them to their definition of success. Or they will take greater risk that will be placed unfairly on society because they are not responsible for their own choices. Politicians and pundits talk a great deal about honesty then they need to do more to change the messaging. You are a result of your choices, actions, and attitudes. But, that does not mean you are alone. Be accountable for change, responsible for your outcomes, and open to new opportunities to elevate your standing in life. No one else can do it solely for you. They do not know what you truly need. If we want a better society, we need to foster a culture where people are accountable for their actions, choices, and futures. People need to make plans not excuses. People have to accept the personal responsibility to champion their future and accept the social responsibility to not take out anger on society. I believe that we spend too much time shielding people from any sense of accountability, which is why so many cannot handle adversity. They believe things just happen out of the blue, so they take out their anger on the general public. Rather than realizing they can change what is causing the anger. If you are not happy with your job, you can find a new one. If you are not happy with your station in life, start working towards a different tomorrow. I think assistance through public policy can be helpful if it enables people to elevate themselves. If you are just going to subsidize problems, then you will just get more of it with a higher price tag. I thank Jennifer for her continued contributions. Also, I thank the audience for taking the time to experience this episode of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We truly appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly.
please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Our focus is always providing objective common sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.